This is our podcast song. It isn't very long. <laughs> Happy this Halloween. is our podcast song. Woo! It isn't very long. <laughs> Oh my god, the spirits are possessing us. This is- <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it is indeed Halloween. Halloween. It's like one of my favorite holidays ever. <laughs> I love Halloween. I do too. I am like so excited. I'm so excited for this podcast episode. Me but I'm jumping ahead. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks for tuning in, everybody, to Laughing with Gingers. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast where two feisty redheads with loud laughs share crazy stories, play games, and spread silliness and joy. And that little glow-in-the-dark kitty cat over there is my partner in crime on the Laughing with Gingers podcast, Christina Curry. Meow. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Sarah Elephant, a.k.a. Christmas Tree, (laughs) my co-host on Laughing with Gingers. (laughs) I am, in fact, dressed as a Christmas tree. (laughs) And I, in fact, have glow-in-the-dark ears on. (laughs) They're barely, I mean, not glow-in-the-dark, light up. They're they're barely lit up. They're starting to fade a little, but that's okay. They're still fun. They're still fun, and they're super cute and so festive. Yeah, because it's Halloween. I'm just celebrating the Christmas creep over here. <laughs> You're jumping ahead of things with your Christmas decor, but that's okay. You're like Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we hate the most in this house is the Christmas creep. Okay, you have to define what a Christmas creep is. Oh, it's how Christmas every year creeps forward. Yeah, okay, I thought that's what you meant, but I was like, I need to double check. Yeah, like how Hobby Lobby in July starts getting Christmas things. Yeah, and every year I swear it gets earlier and earlier. Um, unfortunately, this was the only thing I had access to that wasn't my dog's toy that I could put on my head. Um, and he stared at me aggressively when I did put his toy on my head before we recorded. <laughs> he was very suspicious of your activities. Why is my toy not on the floor with me and on your head? It didn't make sense to him. Clearly, he was very confused and not okay with it. He's like, that's my Pink Panther. Yeah. (laughs) Hands off, lady. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so excited. I dove deep into Halloween history and a little trick-or-treat history, and it was kind of interesting. I'm very – it was very fascinating. Um, I don't know what you brought today, Sarah. So I brought um, Scary Movie Trivia. Oh my gosh. So it's not a game. It's just facts, like little like snippets. Ooh, okay, cool. I love it. I think this is the <laughs> first episode we're game free. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we were game free in some in the beginning. We might have been. We might have been. But it like, quickly turned into gamification. Yeah, it's really hard for me not to play games. But if I played a game with this one, you would just epically fail. Yeah. <laughs> It would be unfair. I would because I've literally barely watched – like I think I could count on like two hands how many scary movies I've seen. 
I know you uh, have seen Ginger Snaps because we had to watch it together for the Scary Movie Project. Yeah, yeah. And I watched like Silence of the Lambs, you know, that's a big one. Oh, I have a fact about that one. Ooh, interesting. And I watched, um, oh gosh, oh, The Shining. Oh, I didn't think you had seen The Shining, but maybe you said you hadn't read The Shining. I hadn't read it, but I watched it. Um, and I got dragged to the theater to watch some Freddy or something. One of those, like, Freddy or I don't know. Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. But I literally plugged my ears and, like, half – I was plugging my ears with my fingers and then the other three fingers that I had was my pointer finger. And the other three fingers were, like, basically covering my eyes the whole time. It was terrible. I don't know why people don't just close their eyes. Um, I don't know either. <laughs> I have always wondered this, why people cover their eyes. When when someone tells me to cover my eyes, they just close my eyes. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I was probably closing, but I clearly remember peeking through like some of my in-between fingers, but like straddling my – plugging my ears and like sort of like looking – um, I'm sure I closed them, you know, throughout. And if I was anticipating a scary moment, I really like shut it down and like closed all the orifices of my face. <laughs> I am the biggest wuss. I realize this, but you know, that's okay. You know, it's one of the many reasons we love you. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So do you want to start with some trivia? Sure. Um, So while filming Scream, um, which was 1996, we were talking about that on our last episode and we couldn't remember and I forgot that I actually had looked it up. It was just higher up in the document. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Drew Barrymore accidentally called 911 repeatedly. The prop master forgot to unplug the phone before filming and Barrymore would call, scream, and hang up. And in the middle of one of the takes, the police rang back in confusion as to why she kept calling 911. Oh, my God. And screaming and hanging up. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. (laughs) I, like, can see that playing out in my head. I can totally see that happening. Oh, my God. That's really funny. So another fact about Scream, um, Ghostface, who who is the villain, um, is voiced by Roger L. Jackson. And the director, Wes Craven, intentionally hid Jackson on the set of all three original movies so that his voice would be scarier to the actors when they heard it. And during the scenes where the characters were being taunted on the phone, Jackson was hidden on set actually making those phone calls. Okay, that is definitely an added freaky factor. Isn't that super creepy? I love yeah. that stuff. Like, I love when there's something going on on set that is, um, like, that plays into the actual movie, like, feeds into the vibe. Yeah, I would definitely be scared. <laughs> Thank goodness you didn't move to the LA area to be an actor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like one of the few. 
<laughs> I did. I did not come to LA to pursue an acting career. <laughs> Nothing related at all. <laughs> nope. Although you could totally be a Disney princess at Disneyland if your little heart wanted to. Yeah, I could totally do that. Or it would be fun to be the Jungle Cruise like operator. Oh, that would be fun. Fun punny jokes and stuff. That would be super fun. Yeah, yeah. My friend did it, and because I used to actually work at Downtown Disney, so I could get in for free the park. And I'd go on his shifts just to like, you know, like hang out with him. And I'd write it a few times through. And it's the same jokes over and over with a few variations. But it was just so fun and funny to like, and it's a chill ride. So you just like kick back and I could like hang out with my friend and watch him be goofy. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because there's so many puns and dad jokes on that ride. It's so great. Oh, my God. No wonder you're my friend. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. You want one more? Yeah, totally. So I'm sure you didn't see this movie, but you definitely have seen the commercials because there is a new Halloween movie out. So you know the mask, right? Oh, like the hockey mask, right? No, that's that's Nightmare on Elm Street. Or no, that's um, Friday the 13th. Um, oh, this is the that. one with Michael Myers, the do 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 What um is it like a what kind of mask though? So it's it looks kind of like a melty face. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. So um it is a modified Star Trek mask of William Shatner. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, is that funny? Oh my god, that's really so. What do they do? Just make a William Shatner and then melt him or something? Well, you know they put them in masks, like in some of Star Trek. So I don't know the. I didn't do a deep dive on it. I did not, Christina, research this. Um, we gotta talk to Larry about this. I know Larry Dr. Uh, Larry Nemechek Dr. Trek. Yeah, he's like the go-to for Star Trek. Yeah, we we are going to have to ask him about it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we But are. how funny is that? That is really funny. I can't even I mean not that I've seen that mask a whole bunch of times, but I I would never have guessed that that it was <laughs> I wonder what William Shatner feels about that. <laughs> I I wonder if he knows. <laughs> yeah, he might not even know. I know. He'd be okay with it. He seems like the chillest dude ever. Yeah, that's true. I think he'd be all right with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I have more, but do you want to drop some um, history on me or do you want me to give you a few more? Uh, lay a few more on me maybe. Okay. Um, so. I thought this one was really interesting for super different reasons. Um, But in Silence of the Lambs, um, when characters are talking to Clarice and she's Uh not on camera, so like Mm -hmm. if they're having a conversation with her without her being like in the scene, Mm -hmm. um, then they talk directly to the camera. 
Um, so oh. the reason being, normally that's br- called breaking the fourth wall where you acknowledge the camera like Deadpool does and Deadpool is a really mm-hmm. recent example of it where he turns and has a conversation with the camera. Mm-hmm. And normally you don't do that because it takes the audience out of the experience of being part, you know, the cinema. You know, it mm-hmm. it calls to light that there is it, that it's a movie. Yeah. So, um, what they did, director Jonathan Dem, who I might be really butchering his last name, um, explained that this was done so the audience would directly experience her point of view and readily identify with Clarice over her male counterparts. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I thought that was super interesting. And honestly, I hadn't noticed, but when I went back in my mind to like mm-hmm. watching that, I see it. And it, I think it's one of the reasons that you naturally dislike some of her colleagues. Oh, interesting. I got to rewatch it. It's been a very long time since I've seen that movie. It's so good. I almost watched it again last night. <laughs> By the way, Rocky Horror Picture um, Show is on uh, Netflix streaming right now. Or not Netflix, uh, Amazon Prime streaming right now. Ooh, I love that movie. In case you want to get into the Halloween spirit but not be scared. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So Psycho um, was filmed in black and white, as you know. Um, Classic scenes, I'm sure you've seen them. So um, because they didn't have to make the, the, the blood, air quotes, blood red, um, they actually used watered-down Hershey syrup for the infamous shower scene. Um, oh, this was the whoa. fake blood of choice for the film industry back then in the 60s. <gasps> whoa, interesting. Other interesting fact about Hershey's, um, first of all, I grew up very close to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Second of all, um, and I've been there a ton, uh, they tried to um, get the percentage of cacao, like they tried to have the FDA lower it so that they could make more money and have the least amount of actual chocolate in their chocolate. (laughs) That makes sense because I'm sorry, Hershey's, but your chocolate sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I know. When you know, you you kind of can't unknow it. Yeah, uh-huh. It's true. And and when you've had good quality chocolate and you go back to Hershey's, you're like, this shit is shit. Yeah. <laughs> Although the park is super fun. I've never been to the park. It's, Does it just smell like chocolate at Hershey's? Oh, the whole town smells like chocolate. Yeah. Okay, I wouldn't be mad at that. I would not be <laughs> mad at that. <laughs> yeah, it's really close to where my um my grandma lived when I was growing up. So we used to go up there like, I don't know, probably once a summer. That's fun. Go to grandma's house, head over to Hershey's, wham bam, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you want one more? Yeah. Okay. Your little Texas heart's gonna like this one. Woo-hoo. The original title for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was Head Cheese. Ew! (laughs) Ew! 
gross. That can be taken in a few different bad, gross ways. It all is bad. It's all bad. Even if it's just wearing cheese on your head because you're a Packers fan. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. I'm glad they vetoed that. Can you imagine if it came through? Like, we would be sitting here going, why on earth? Like, who let that happen? Who let that name of a movie slide through? (laughs) I mean, would anyone have seen it? Probably not. Or maybe see it out of curiosity. Like, what does that even mean? I don't know. And I feel like there would be like a weird cult following for it if people did see it and it like they really Mm. liked the movie. That is a movie I've never seen. Yeah. uh, Based on the title alone, I'm like, hard no. <laughs> Just no, wait till the scary you. movie project tells you which scary movie you have to watch seven and a half minutes of or whatever it was I from their know. game last oh, week. I'm so nervous. Oh my God. Uh, I've started to listen to their Halloween special they're running right now where every week they do a different um Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah. It's so I gotta tell you, it's way easier to quote unquote watch scary movies when it's just Tara and Matt talking about them. <laughs> oh, the totally. Totally. That's why I was like, you would really like this podcast, even though you don't watch scary movies, because it mm-hmm. kind of like spoilers it for you. But it also mm-hmm. talks about all the cool things that are going on behind the scenes that you don't necessarily know about. Um, yeah. Their Exorcist one is really good. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I, I started with like The Shining because I already know The Shining too. And so that felt like, but I'm like, oh, I could handle other ones. There are p- parts where I'm like, oh, that sounds so scary. I'm really glad I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> You'll have to do the alien one too. Alien's so good because um, there's so much like phallic stuff that's hidden in that movie. <laughs> And they talk about all these like different things where like this is like the set design and stuff is like, you know, vaginas and penises. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't oh, unsee God. it whenever you see anything related to Alien. You'll be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So funny. All right, lay some uh lay some info on me, some facts, some history. Yeah, yeah. So Halloween actually or its origins date back to the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain. The Celtics who lived about 2000 years ago, mostly around like Ireland, United Kingdom and Northern France, would celebrate their new year on November 1st actually. And it totally makes sense why they do this because it's the day that marks the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark, cold winter, which is a time of year that's often associated with human death as well. But it makes sense that you're going to mark that as a new year versus like randomly January, you know, that we've got. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. or you would mark, you know, like Memorial Day weekend or whatever, like mm-hmm. or a solstice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like a solstice. And and nothing says changing of a year with like all the fall and dead and dying and things and then everything goes into dormant for like the next, you know, four to six months depending on where you live. So it sort of yeah. makes sense. 
All right. So this day, November 1st, marked the end of summer and the harvest and the beginning of the dark whatever. And the Celtics believed that on the night before the new year, the boundary between the worlds of the living and the dead became blurred. Ooh. So on the night of October 31st, they celebrated Samhain when it was believed that the ghosts of the dead returned to Earth. It's creepy as shit, but... <laughs> so in addition to causing trouble and damaging crops, the Celtics thought that the presence of the otherworldly spirits made it easier for the Druids or the Celtic priests to actually make predictions about the future. So for a people that were entirely dependent on the volatile natural world, these prophecies were an important source of comfort during the long winter months. So it's sort of like Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> like, give us some good news so we can be a little happy. <laughs> so to commemorate the event, the Druids built a huge sacred bonfire where the people would gather to burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. That seems a little extreme. And during the celebration, they actually wore costumes, usually of animal heads and skins, in an attempt to tell and attempted to tell each other their fortunes. And when the celebration was over, they relit their hearth fires, which they had extinguished earlier that evening from the sacred bonfire to help them during the coming winter. So they used that communal fire uh, that they all danced around and blah, 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 and sacrificed animals in. So they'd grab that fire and go light their own house fires and then keep it going all winter with the, you know, whatever good luck or sacrificial juju <laughs> that they gave themselves. Interesting. I know. Uh, I know. So, okay, that's that. I'll pause if you have some more. If you have some more uh, interesting facts. Oh, I have tons. I have like okay, four good. pages. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, just let me know how many you want. <laughs> yeah, g- give me a few more. They're really interesting. <laughs> so, um, the. The Blair Witch Project, which I'm sure you haven't seen. Oh, yeah. I definitely Um, saw that. Oh, you did? Yeah, I definitely did. It was so – like, their marketing was so brilliant. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast. But the fact that they teased it out as though this was found – like, they did everything so brilliant. They intrigued you. They sucked you in. I'm like, I had to see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't see it in the theaters. I was like one of the only people. Um, yeah, of course, living were. in Maryland at the time, I knew that it wasn't actually a thing that happened in Maryland, but people bought in hook, line, and sinker, even Maryland yeah. people. Um, and yeah, I, that's it's what the Scary Movie Project named their podcast in honor of because it's their favorite movie. Um, so it obviously was – a super low budget film. Um, well, maybe not obviously. It was a super low budget film, so it grossed a ton of money. Um, one of the reasons that that is the case is because they only took eight days to shoot the Blair Witch Project. What? Eight days. Yeah. Yeah. Like the whole movie. The whole movie. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. That's like so, incredibly crazy. 
it's so crazy. It's really crazy if you know anything about like movie sets, but usually it's months and months of shooting and then yeah. reshoots and stuff in addition to that um, where they have to like bring people back on the set. Um, so because of that, Heather Donahue, one of the actors, uh, was worried that it was actually going to be a snuff film. <laughs> What's that mean? Uh, porn. <laughs> oh, hi! That's funny, but does she get naked? Like, where's the no? But I think she like just thought it was gonna at some point like devolve quickly because it was only eight days. (laughs) I don't blame her. That's like highly unusual. That's got to be a Guinness Book of World Records right there. Oh, it has to be for an actual like hour twenty minute plus movie. There, it's there's no way. I mean, it was. I think it was also the lowest movie budget um, of any movie to date, with taking into account inflation, um, which you can quote like me on, but I probably would on their marketing. Yeah, their marketing, I feel like, was they went way harder into marketing it than they did into the actual production and and stuff. And post. I mean, it was one of the first movies where it wasn't Steadicam. You know, it was like Mm -hmm. um, where they handheld most of the shots um, because they wanted you to relate to the characters too. Eight, Eight days. Eight days. Isn't that nuts? I can barely like pack for a trip in eight days like I'm like they accomplished so much I know I can barely like yeah what can you really even do in eight days I mean I guess you can do a lot of things but I don't I mean here's what you can do in eight days Sarah you can be an ideation let's start a podcast to our first episode <laughs> That's true. We literally did it in like a week. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Our anniversary is July 19th. Yep. <laughs> I love it. All right, you want another one? Yeah. All right. So in Nightmare on Elm Street, um, the first one, the one that was in 1984. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know how far you got into Tara and Matt's version of this, and you may, so you may already know this. I through it. Okay. I might so know this trivia. You may know this one. You would have gotten a point had I gamified this. Um, so Maybe the, you should gamify it. Maybe gamify this one. Oh, I don't know if I can now that I already said it. Oh, okay. I would have I had to it. say, like, what in what movie or something. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Keep going. I mean, then. I can say which character was this, oh, I God. guess. I probably won't know the characters. But It'd be try. really hard for you. Well, we can see. Let's try it. Okay. Why not? Yeah, let's try it. Yeah. All right. So the effect of the blood rushing to the ceiling during this character's um, death scene was achieved by using an upside-down set. So they flipped the whole set. So it was actually spilling onto the floor instead of shooting up at the ceiling. Um, and director Wes Craven and director of photography Jacques Haitken uh, – God, I'm probably butchering that name too. Um, not Jacques. I at least know I said that one right. <laughs> <laughs> Captured the scene strapped to the wall in race car seats. 
Yeah. So that was Tina. No. Damn it. It's a boy. You want to try again? Oh, man. Mark or... No, you can say the actor if that helps. Oh, is it Johnny Depp? It is. It was his first yeah! movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it was Johnny Depp. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, it is so interesting that that was his first movie. I kind of want to like Google like stills of the movie. Not, I don't want to see the movie. Definitely don't want to see it after hearing what it's about. Um, <laughs> but I want to see him because Tara's like, he's so young looking. I'm sure it's highly Googleable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, so I'll give you one more, and then um, and then I'll throw back to you if you want. Yeah, I'll take it to Roman Empire days. <laughs> all right, and then after that, we can hop on a quick break. Um, cool. In The Exorcist, Linda Blair fractured her spine during filming. She was rigged to a mechanical bed that shook her so violently that she actually broke her back. The shot was used in the final film and her screams are real. Linda suffered later suffered from scoliosis and chronic pain. That is fucked up and terrible. Yeah, it's I mean, there are a lot of things like that that happen in movies, and I I understand like you're willing to take some abuse on your body for your craft, but it's awful that she had her back broken and then went on to continue to suffer for the rest of her life. Yeah, um, or the person that lost her life last week. Yeah. With a gun that was loaded that wasn't supposed to be loaded. Well, they're still figuring out how all of that actually unfolded as we currently are recording this. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, something obviously wasn't – protocol in some way had to have failed um, because they have, you know, for that level of movie, they have a weapons person on set. Um, and as we learned from the crow, when you fire a gun, you don't point, you treat it like it's a live round, even when you have a dummy gun, um, because, and normally even in the crow, they wouldn't have aimed it at Brandon Lee, the person who shot him. Um, and it was like an error on their part to aim it at him, but normally you aim a different direction because nobody's actually looking at you know, the gun firing in the same way that you would if you were shooting. So I'm I'm curious to see what's going to come out about that. But um, in no way do I think that it was Alec Baldwin's fault. And I can't imagine the grief that he must be going through in addition to all of the other obvious things. Yeah, I would be absolutely wrecked. Yeah, that would ruin my life. Yeah, it would ruin my life too, 100%. Because I would have taken somebody else's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's Um, awful all the way around. All the way around, terrible. And it's only, it's, we're entertaining people here. Like it's, you know, it's not like we're an off a hospital or something. This shouldn't happen. But, anyways, back to history. Back to Halloween (laughs) history. 
I don't know how to segue. There's no natural segue. <laughs> I know. I actually specifically wasn't going to bring that up because I was like, there's no natural way to get out of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I walked into it. <laughs> All right. So by 43 AD, the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of the Celtic territory. In the course of over, or well, I guess not over, but around 400 years, they actually ruled the Celtic islands, and two festivals of Roman origin were combined with the traditional Celtic celebration of Samhain. So the first was for Feralia, which is a day in late October when the Romans traditionally commemorated the passing of the dead. The second was a day to honor Pomona, the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. So the symbol of Pomona is the apple, and the incorporation of this celebration into Samhain probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples that is practiced today on Halloween. I have never tried to bob for apples. It looks like it would be hard. <laughs> yeah, it is, especially if it's in ice water. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. <laughs> That's a hard pass for me. Um. Yeah, I wonder if that also influenced, um, like, in Snow White with the witch and the apple. Mm-hmm. Possibly. I wonder what the history is on that little tidbit. I don't know. Maybe we should do a fairy tales um, <gasps> episode. Ooh, that would be fun. That would be really fun. You could research and I can gamify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that idea, Sarah. <laughs> um, do you want one more fact before we go into break? Sure. Okay. E.T. was originally planned as a horror movie. Whoa. I could totally see that happening. I was Me? as a kid. Me too. Um, the project was initially titled Night Skies and was planned to be a sequel of Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. However, while filming Raiders of the Lost Ark, Spielberg had a, cha- uh, had a change of mind influenced by a lighter script written by Melissa Matheson, um, who was reading at the time. Um at, uh, after some – also a Drew Barrymore movie. Um, sorry, that just mm-hmm. popped in my brain. <laughs> after some changes, Night Sky actually became the movie Poltergeist but maintained oh. its director. Whoa. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Yeah, totally. All right. And with that, we will be right back on Laughing with Gingers. Stay tuned. And we are back on Laughing with Gingers. I am your co-host, Sarah Alipin, and I have with me a sparkly little kitty cat over there, Christina Curry, my co-host on Laughing with Gingers. She just did kitty paws. (laughs) 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 And she glows in the dark like she's a platypus. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a poison stinger. Look out. (laughs) Oh, boy. Speaking of animals... So in 2001, an incident happened in which the son of the birds author, um, you know, the short story, not the movie, um, was actually terrorized by seagulls. 
Oh my god. They're mean. <laughs> They're they are, so we mean. We have talked about this before. They are mean. They I do not understand where they get so much aggression from. <laughs> I don't know. They have it out for just other life. They totally, totally do. They have no um, respect. No respect. Um okay, you want another one? Yeah. All right. In the movie Seven, have you seen that one? Okay, I did see that one. It scared the bejesus out of me. I have not seen that one, actually. I've only seen parts of it. Um, I, I want to watch it. I knew it would scare me too much, and I knew the end before going in. So I was like, nah, I'm good. Um, yeah. But now that I can watch scary movies, I think I need to see it, um, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. because I have seen this scene, and this is crazy to me. Um, another one of those things where something was going on on set that like just changes everything when you know. So in the movie Seven, um, Fincher, the director, uh, never told John C. McGinley that the corpse used for the sloth portion was actually a living actor in heavy makeup. So McGinley's character's initial shock when sloth wakes in the movie was the fact that McGinley's – it was his genuine surprise from the first take. Oh, I'd be so mad at that director. (laughs) That's interesting. I'm not going to watch that movie again because it, like, it's so disturbing. It's so disturbing. But I do remember that scene. I am not surprised. Um, It is one of the only ones that I have seen. Mm. One of the only scenes I've seen. Yeah, no, they're all very disturbing. All the seven sins are so gross. Oh, my gosh. All right, you want another one and then I'll throw back to you? Sure. All right. Um, In The Exorcist, um, it was full of – this movie is full of behind-the-scenes facts that you would never believe in a million years. Um, But people believe that it was actually cursed um, because there were a ton of unfortunate incidents that happened on set. Um, besides a bunch of deaths of actors who started the movie before it was even released, the biggest on-set mishap was that a bird flew into the circuit box of the house and burned down the entire set except for the one room, the room where the exorcism takes place. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That is creepy. <laughs> Isn't that creepy? That is so creepy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't even. I can't even with that. (laughs) There's so much that goes into that. Actually, Tara and Matt have a great – The Scary Movie Project has a great episode on that one too um, that has all the details of the real – the rest of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't think they had that fact in there. (laughs) Okay, so switching gears. <laughs> Tell me a story, We're now in Christina. The ninth, ninth century. <laughs> wow, we've really and teleported. I know, I know. Welcome, welcome to the ninth century. Thank you. So Thank you. the influence of Christianity has now spread also into the Celtic lands, where it gradually blended 
with the older Celtic rites. So in 1000 AD, the church actually made November 2nd All Souls Day, a day to honor the dead. It's widely believed today that the church was actually attempting to replace the Celtic Festival of the Dead with a related church-sanctioned holiday. Classic church move. (laughs) Yep, that's how we got the Christmas tree. It's so many things. So many things. So many. So All Souls Day was celebrated similar to Samhain with the big bonfires, the parades, and dressing up in costumes as well, they actually dressed up as saints and angels and devils instead of animals. Classic again. Um, and the All Saints Day celebration was also called All Hallows or All Hallowmas, which is really funny. <laughs> and the night before it, the traditional night of Samhain in the Celtic religion began to be called All Hallows Eve and eventually Halloween. That's such um, such classic church behavior. I know, I know. Classic <laughs> church. Uh, and then I have the history of trick-or-treating, which is kind of cool. Do you want to do some more facts and then we jump back to history of trick-or-treating? Sure. I can do a couple fast ones. Yeah. All right. So your buddy that wears the goalie mask, Jason, from Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. His name was supposed to be Josh. Oh, really? <laughs> I feel like it's not as threatening. I don't know why. <laughs> to me, the name Josh just sounds like someone in Wisconsin who goes like ice fishing. Hey, Jack. <laughs> you want a Bud to me, Light? Let's go ice fishing. To me, it's somebody who plays lacrosse. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could. I could get down that road too. <laughs> that's funny oh boy um okay and then um let's see in um in evil dead 2 and you might know this fact too um you can see i haven't seen that movie i haven't either um okay but you may know this from Tara and Matt's series, the Scary Movie Project series on Nightmare on Elm Street. Because in the background, you can see Freddy Krueger's glove hanging on in the set um, in the tool shed. Um, oh. And apparently they loaned that thing across, like to all kinds of different – like apparently this is another like thing that they do in um, – in scary movies is they loan pieces to each other and then they bake it into the background of the set. And I think it's so funny that they do that. I love that idea. Um, And eventually Freddy Krueger's glove went missing permanently because somebody just snagged it. Somebody definitely stole it. Yeah. It's like little Easter eggs and it's so freaking smart because it's going to pull people in to want to watch those movies and like really go slowly to find any Easter eggs that they can find. I love stuff like that. Yeah. It's a really good marketing tactic. <laughs> it really is. And um, they did the same thing. Well, they did a similar thing in John Carpenter's Halloween, which is the William Shatner mask movie. <laughs> okay. Thank you for um, <laughs> giving me those tidbits so I know what those are. So in in um, Halloween they have homage hom- 
not homitage. That's not a word. Oh, homages <laughs> to um, Alfred Hitchcock. So um, he cast the psycho star Janet Lee's daughter, Jamie Lee Curtis, into the lead role. And then did you know that? Yeah, I I knew she played like super young. Wasn't it like one of her first movies or something? Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I think it was her first movie. Uh, I'm not positive, but it, it was definitely one of them. Um, and he named another character, Doctor Sam Loomis, after the um, object of Janet Lee's affection in Psycho. So the reason that she was driving up and um, stayed at the motel was because she was in love with this guy named Dr. Sam Loomis, Mm. Um, I think. I have not seen Psycho in a long time. Um, In the original Scream, the janitor um, is named Fred and wears a red and green shirt um, and a – to um to call back to Nightmare on Elm Street, which was also directed by Wes Craven, and the janitor was played by Craven, Wes Craven. Oh, interesting. And then in Carrie, the high school is named Bates High after Norman Bates in Psycho. Oh. Yeah, so there are a lot of like references to Psycho throughout the horror genre, um, which is I thought was super interesting. Also, Wes Craven has or had um, a degree in philosophy, (laughs) which I thought was just a really interesting other note. Yeah, that is interesting. It kind of makes sense. Like, he'd know how to play his audience, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well, uh, trick-or-treat time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money. Holla. <laughs> And this eventually turned into trick-or-treat tradition. So young women believed that on Halloween they could divine the name or appearance of their future husband by doing tricks for yarn, apple pairings, or mirrors. And in the late 1800s, there was a move in America to mold Halloween into a holiday that was more about like community and neighborly get-togethers than about witchcraft and pranks and superstitious things and ghosts and all that more scary stuff, you know? So at the turn of the century, Halloween parties for both children and adults became the most common way to celebrate the day. And parties focused on games, food of the season, and festive costumes. Parents were actually encouraged by the newspapers and community leaders to take anything frightening or grotesque out of Halloween celebrations. Because of these efforts, Halloween uh, lost most of its superstitious and religious overtones by the beginning of the 20th century. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. I feel like there's a lot of scare, and maybe it's just coming back. But I feel like there's the haunted houses are super scary, and you know people are into all the scary movies. So I feel like either it's come back into popularity or has been for a while. You know? Yeah, I mean, it could be either. Um, I would say you're never going to flush the scary out of Halloween. 
Mm-hmm. So I suspect mm-hmm. they never totally flushed it out. It was just that it went from being like super scary to, um, mm-hmm. you know, to being like also you can just put a cotton ball on your butt and bunny ears on and wear the sluttiest thing out of your closet you can find. <laughs> wear a pair of thongs, a bra, and a cotton ball, and you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which no brings me to, to those bunnies out there. Listen, oh, you be a bunny. You, you rock be, it. You be whatever you want to be. We are here for it. Um, be sexy, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've certainly I've done my share of that. Um, and that yep, brings me to my too. final question: What Ooh. are you going to be for Halloween? Okay, so. I so Halloween lands like two days before my birthday, right? I'll I'll interrupt you, and I just wanted to give out the points before you said that. Um, (laughs) You get a hundred, you get a hundred points today, Christina, for answering that correct, because it is technically your birthday today when this is airing. So I wanted to say happy birthday. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks, Liz. Also, it's technically your birthday, so happy birthday, birthday, Liz. Birthday. Happy birthday, ladies. Mine is happy birthday, December happy 29th. Twin. I know. <laughs> Yours also the 29th. But since it's airing today, I thought I would give you 100 points for getting that question Yay! correct. <laughs> Thank you. I'm a winner. <laughs> Although you did say your birthday was two days after Halloween a second ago. So That's- I kind of feel oh. like you should lose 29 points right there. It's two days before. <laughs> Dates are hard. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for the Curry family. For a long time, Sean would forget my birthday and I would be like, hey, it's your sister's birthday. And he says, I can't remember my sister's birthday. I don't know what it is. So, I mean, yeah. the Currys just are not good with dates. <laughs> We're we're not, and honestly, we discovered through me and Sarah doing this like project together for our, our day jobs or our, like businesses, and we kept messing up on the dates over and over, and we realized, holy crap, we're both really bad at dates. Like we can't yeah. get our shit together with dates. It's honestly the only real go- like hole in the system. Is that oh, we are no. so bad at dates. Oh, I'm not good either. So I can't like... I can't help you with that either. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, I forgot what day it was when we were recording one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. Is there anyone Anyways. out there whose specialty is dates? <laughs> yeah. Please contact us. <laughs> yeah. We need help. Oh my gosh. Um, Anyways, continue with your with your costume, Christina. Okay, so <laughs> two days after Halloween. Yeah, two days after <laughs> after your birthday. After my birthday. Okay. Yes. So we're doing this super fun theme this weekend, and we're going to this remote desert town called Beatty. It's B E A T T Y. And they have a thing on Halloween weekend that's called Baby Days. And you can dress. It's like West. It's like Western themed. So I'm going to dress up very like 
how I used to in Texas, but a little over the top. But they have these games where it's like chili cook off or like a crock pot cook off. <laughs> they have a thing where everyone gets on a bed frame and you have to race down the street pushing the other person in a bed. Um, they have a thing where you play bingo with the chicken and the chicken shits on your number. Like if you say it's going to shit on number 12 or whatever, and you have 12, you win the pot. (laughs) I mean, it's just a weird thing that's happening. So I'm going to be wearing cowboy boots and like a big old gaudy belt buckle and a cowboy hat. And hopefully a bolo tie. <laughs> nice. Nice. I support. What are you wearing, Sarah? So my next door neighbors are having a Rocky Horror Picture Show themed outdoor party. And we share Yay. a driveway because we live in like a super, you know, tiny – I mean, Christina, you've been here now. But um, we live like – we're close together. So we have like a big drive – it's like a double wide driveway. So it spills into our driveway as well. Um, and they're going to be playing um, the movie on the garage, their garage. Ooh, so, that's fun. Yeah. So it'll be really fun. So I don't know if I'm going to dress up as a character um, or if I, I have this white like gown that <laughs> that um, someone gifted to me. It's like a – it's something I would never wear normally, but um, I was like, I bet it would be a really cool Halloween costume. So I was thinking about um, doing something like Mother Nature and going like way over the top with like my hair and um, and like create like feather earrings and doing like um, really cool like green makeup and um, that sounds fun. So you should definitely do. You should string some like fake ivy on you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we have real ivy that grows everywhere here, so technically I could string real ivy on me. Oh, yeah, you only need it for the night. I think that's a great idea. I love it. Smudge some dirt on you. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be fun. So we'll see. We'll see what I end up going with. Um, I think they're hoping people all come dressed up as characters from the movie, but um, Mm -hmm. I'm not – I think, you know, I I Don't be a conformist. I know, and I'm normally not, but I also want to respect that, like, I think that might be important to them. So I'll have Mm -hmm. to think about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could do a costume change halfway through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is right next door, so yeah, <laughs> technically I could. Um, I also need to make sure that dress fits me before I commit to the um, – to wearing it Mother because – Yeah, because I have lost most of my COVID weight that I put on. Yeah, it, it'll just drape you even more maybe. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll send you a picture either way. I want to see a picture of you either way. We'll um, post it on our Instagram. Yes, yes, that'll be fun. Liz, what are you gonna dress up as? Um, I'm gonna be a witch. Nice. So, Honora's one of Honora's favorite books is Room on a Broom, and it's like this story with this witch, and she dresses a certain way. So, I like went to the thrift shop and like got everything that kind of made it look like her. And uh, she's going to be a, a cat, and the dog's going to be a red dragon, and Sean's going to be a broom. Oh, my God. You guys have to take a picture, family picture, <laughs> and we'll post on Instagram, too. 
Is yeah, and it, I decided that Sean's going to be a broom. I love it. Is his it. head going to be the sweeping part or the handle? <laughs> I know, but it's really funny that you keep saying that he needs to be a broom. It's so funny. <sighs> Oh my god! Oh, yeah. Anyone has funny costumes? Send it to us, and we'll post it. Definitely, yeah. I want to see all the good costumes. I feel like people are going to go big for Halloween this year. Yeah, I think so too. I'm here see for all it. The funny costumes. Send them to Laughing with Gingers. Yes. Um, I, mean, I guess on that note, I can. Yeah. We can wrap it up and say thanks for joining us on the Halloween special Laughing with Gingers. We love having you all tune into our silly spooky podcast, at least this week, um, where we just have the best time hanging out with you all. <laughs> I know. And follow us on Laughing with Gingers on Instagram, and then we'll post our costumes and your costumes if you share them with us and send them on over, DM us. We'll be so happy to see it. Yes. And um, you can also send us episode ideas like the fairy tale episode that I just mentioned at the beginning of this um, current episode and all kinds of funny stuff. We love getting messages from you all. It's so much fun to see what you all are up to. Yay. So get access to premium content, including ad-free episodes, swag, special events, access to us, and more. Starts at just $3. Check us out at patreon.com slash laughingwithgingers. And can I just say what a pro Christina is? Because I sent her an old, old, old script from way before we even actually – I think it was like our second or third episode. And I don't know where you pulled this out from, but you are nailing this outro. (laughs) Well, I realized I actually had our updated outro, so I didn't even click on your old link that you sent. Nice. I'm, I'm a pro, but in a different way than what you think. <laughs> Smart move. Smart move. Smart move. Either way, you you made it happen. Um, and we have merch. We're going to have some new stuff that's going to be dropping in the next month. So keep an eye. We have some really fun things that involve redheads. Woo! So tune into Laughing with Gingers next week for some more good times. Bye. Bye. of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.